for the word today? I am loaded, ready to explode. (laughs) Oh, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you again for your word. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. The word of the Lord today is Jericho must fall. Jericho must fall. 1 John chapter 5 verse 4, it says, For everyone, everyone, not some people, if you're born of God, it says everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And it says, and this is the victory. Our victory that has overcome the world is our faith. Once you have faith, And once you are a human being and you trust God, you can be sure that you will always overcome. No matter what it looks like, no matter the circumstances, no matter how long it's been there. Once you have faith and you are born of God, you are destined to be an overcomer. Amen? Amen. Joshua chapter 6. This is where I'm going to stay. I'm going to park here for today. From verses 1 to 5, it's a little long, but please bear with me. We're going to have, there's so much, those scriptures, those five verses are so loaded. I might not finish it today, but I told you, God told me, take your time. I'm not in a hurry because Jericho's walls are strong. And we have to know how to destroy our Jerichos. So I'm not in a hurry to do this series. I told you it might be eight weeks, it might be nine weeks. If God says go ten weeks, twelve weeks, I'm staying on the wall of Jericho until those walls crumble. I'm not in a hurry today, and we are going to pray at the end of service. It says, Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 to 5. It says, now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, and none came in. And the Lord said, take note of that word. And the Lord said to Joshua, see... I I intentionally do this. When I'm studying scriptures, I just stay on it. I stay on it. And then some words pop out. That's how I do my study. And that's what I've started doing when I'm preaching. If you see any word that's highlighted, there's a reason why I did that. And I'm coming to that. The Lord said, that's a whole sermon right there. And then what did he say? The very first word that came out of his mouth to Joshua was, See. And what did he want Joshua to see? He said, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. His king and the mighty men of Velor. Verse 3, you shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go around the city once. This shall you do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priest shall blow the trumpets. And it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's, ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout. It's everybody that has to shout. Every single person has to participate in this. That's why I said we are going to shout at the end of service. And all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up, every man straight before him. I'm just going to read chapter verse 20 of that same chapter. He says, so the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout. That the wall fell down flat. Again, it repeats that the, then the people went into the city. Every man straight before him and they took the city. Here we see Joshua. Let me give a little bit of background here before I go into what God wants for us today. We see Joshua. This has been 40 years they have been in the wilderness under Moses. God had promised them the, the, the promised land. He had sent spies. You all know the story. He sent spies and the twelve of them went into the land. They went into Jericho. But they came back. Ten of them said, oh no, we cannot do this. We cannot take the land. But it was only Joshua and Caleb that said they are meat for us. We can do it. 
And for 40 years, because they had the majority of people that doubted the word of God, that complained, they were not able to go into the promised land. And now 40 years later, that doubting generation, that generation that did not believe God for his promise, they had died off. Moses, their leader too, had died. And God picked Joshua, one of the two, that said, we can do this. And God picked him and said, you are now the one to lead my children into their promised land. And here we are, 40 years later now, Joshua, the man that God had picked, leading the people. And God told them, on your way to the promised land, there is a city you must have to destroy, Jericho. The funniest thing is that God did not tell them to destroy Jericho for any reason but just to destroy it. They were not supposed to even stay. There wasn't really any reason, if you look at it, why Jericho had to be destroyed. But God said, it is important on your way to your promised land that you destroy Jericho because if you don't, Jericho is a, it's like a, a big hindrance to you for going into your promised land. That's the same thing God is telling us. Everyone here today, you have something that is standing in the way of the promise God gave you. There is that one thing. You finally left your wilderness. You finally believed God. In fact, at this time, they had crossed the Jordan River and they were just taking territory after territory, land after land. They were conquering everybody. And then they came to Jericho. And God said, this is it. That's the last, that's the last one, the huge one that you have to destroy. You are not even going to do, just destroy it, take his, everything that's in there and keep going into the promised land. But then there was something God told them in chapter 5 that was very important. Right before they hit Jericho, God said you must circumcise everybody. Everybody has to be circumcised and consecrated unto the Lord. That's your first thing you must do before you face your Jericho. You have to set yourself apart. If you say, God, I have a problem. I get angry all the time. Oh God, I have this financial issue. I'm in debt. I can't seem to get ahead because of the debt that I'm in. You first of all have to set yourself apart because when your Jericho is down and you haven't consecrated yourself, you haven't set yourself, you haven't circumcised your heart, you're going to come back again to the same wall. So that was the first thing God told them. In that same chapter 5, Jesus appeared to them as the Lord, the commander of the Lord's army. And I'm telling you today, as you face your Jericho, you are not alone. God is with you. You have the commander of the Lord's army on your side. You are not facing that wall by yourself. And then Jer Jericho was in front of them. They are now in front of Jericho. And the word says here that the wall, Jericho was securely shut up. Why? It tells us it's because of the children of Israel. Word had gone ahead of the children of Israel. Word had gone ahead. Jericho and his people have heard what the Lord was doing. With his, with his people, with his children, how they were taking territories, how they were taking land after land and making conquest after conquest. And the people in Jericho were afraid. That is the same thing. The devil is afraid of you. The devil is mad at you. He's so afraid of you, all the things that you have been fighting. It's like it's getting worse and worse and worse. And instead of you thinking... What have I done? It is not what you have done. He's just afraid of you. They shut up the walls. They shut up the gate. The Bible says nothing went in and nothing came out. Can you imagine being held in a city like that? Where nothing goes in and nothing comes out? Isn't that the same with some of our lives? You're so bound up in this thing. You're so into it that nothing good that God wants for you is coming out of your life. And because of that same thing, nothing good inside of you that you want to give out is coming out. Just because of this one thing. 
That was the same thing with the wall of Jericho. The Bible says nothing good came out of them and nothing went in. I remember inside Jericho was a woman called Rahab. That is why you must not let your Jericho stay. Because inside Jericho is a woman called Rahab. Although right now she's a prostitute, although right now there's nothing to be said about her, that woman is going to be in the lineage of Jesus. Your children, your grandchildren, even yourself, you, that is held inside Jericho, that it might seem like there is nothing to write home. But God has a future. God has a hope. God has a promise. God has a mantle. God has an anointing. God has something for you. And the enemy knows it. You see, that's why I'm... Let me not go ahead of myself. Because I want to make sure we understand this, these first five verses are so, so loaded. The promise of God to us is that as we face our Jericho, we should realize these things. And so here they are in front of Jericho. And the first thing that we see here is that God told Joshua. He said, you might see this wall before you. You might see this problem that is being there, this wall, this issue, this circumstance. Is it sickness? Is it a marital problem that you've prayed and prayed and it seems like nothing is changing? Is it a habit that you have? Or is it someone that you've been praying for, you want them to serve God, but it's like the more you pray, the more they keep going away from the Lord. And you're wondering, Lord, what am I supposed to do? That was the same thing with Joshua. And the Lord gave Joshua some instructions. And we are going to do the same thing. We are going to look at those instructions today. And we are going to see what God told Joshua. And the same thing applies to you. The first thing was, verse six, uh, chapter 6, verse 2, the Bible says, The Lord said to Joshua, just stay right there. The Lord said, the Lord said, before you face your Jericho, make sure you get a word from God. Before you face your Jericho, my dear, make sure you're on your knees, make sure you're on your face, and you hear from God. That is crucial. Because if you don't hear from God, you're going to do things your own way. But when you hear from God, when you get a word from God, you can stand on that word. And once you stand on the word of God, and I'm not talking about who kiss pussies right there. I'm talking about right here. Get to some scriptures. Everything in life, every situation in life, every problem in life, every circumstance in life, there is an answer right here. There is an answer right here. Everything, there's an answer right here. Get the word of God for your situation. That is crucial. And that's what God said to Joshua. He said to him, that was the first thing. The Lord spoke. No matter what, you must listen. See, we listen to everybody but God. When something is going on, the first thing we do is we pick up the phone and call sister this or brother this. Nothing wrong with that. We listen to what the therapist says for us to do. Nothing wrong with that. We even listen to doctors. I have them in my house. Nothing wrong with that. But please, the first person you should go to is the Lord. You need a word from the Lord. It's the word of the Lord that will hold you when you are going around seven times. When the first time you've gone around, nothing happens. When the second time you've gone around, nothing happens. The third and the fourth and the fifth, that is why you need a word from God. Because if you don't get that word from the Lord, you will think the world is still standing strong. But remember, when you get the word from the Lord, you have the ark of God, you stand in priesthood, and you face that wall. It might look like forever. But that wall is coming down. So the first thing is, get a word from the Lord. God is still speaking. God is still communicating. God hasn't kept quiet. As some of us think he has. No. No matter what it is, God is still speaking. 
The thing is we have to take the wax out of our ears. Clean our ears really good so that we can tune into the frequency that God is speaking on. That was the first thing, get a word from the Lord. And the second thing, God told Jericho, uh, told Joshua, and that's the same thing he would tell, talk to us, is verse 2. The first thing he said was, see. The Lord spoke to Joshua, and the first word that came out of the word, mouth of God was, see. See. Why would he tell Joshua to see? Joshua, was he not seeing the walls in front of him? Was he not seeing the walls, the Jericho that was so fortified, the gates were shut, the walls. Remember Rahab, if you remember again, Rahab had an apartment on the wall of Jericho. Those walls were so big and so huge, you could have an apartment on them. That was the wall that Joshua was looking at. And God is telling him to see. He's not blind, he could see it. But why was God telling him to see? Let's see what God even told him before we went. He says, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. His king and the mighty man of Velo. God wasn't looking at what Joshua was looking at. God was already seeing the end result. That this wall you are looking at, don't even look at that. I've already given it to you. So when God tells him to see, God is telling him to have a different set of eyes. And I've told you all here, I've said this over and over and over, that we should pray. The one prayer that every believer must pray every day is, God, give me another set of eyes. To be able to see beyond what I see in my physical realm. Because God wanted Joshua to see that he had victory. Because what you see in the spirit is what you will always get. If all you see is defeat, that's what you will always get. If all you see is victory, even when in front of you is a mighty wall, fortified wall, locked up, strong wall... But if you can see that God has given it to you, then you will have it. And vision, seeing is having vision. If you don't have a vision for your life, if you don't have a vision for your family, if you don't see beyond what you see, it won't happen. It won't happen. And vision, anyone, any man, any woman, every boy, any girl that has vision, there are things vision will do for you. Vision will determine who you keep as your friends. When you see things the way God sees things, and you have vision, and you know that it might not be what it is right now. I know God is taking me somewhere. I know God has something in store for me. And you have that vision, and you keep that picture in your mind, no matter what's going on. As you walk towards that vision, the first thing you will do is you you don't want to be around too many people. You don't want to be around just anyhow person. Because you are quick to see who is this person that is helping me grow into that vision that I have. Not for myself only because anytime God gives you a vision, it's never for you alone. Other people's destinies are hinging on your vision that God gave you. And so you are careful to be around those people that will encourage you, that will build you up. Not those people that will tear you down. Not those people that will keep pulling you down and you leave them and you are thinking I have to go home for another hour and ask God for forgiveness. Because your spirit is so grieved. Those people are not your friends. So if you have vision, you kind of watch the people you are around. And if you have vision, you watch your attitude. If you have vision, no matter how bad things are, you don't complain. That's what kept them in, in, the, in the wilderness for 40 years. They were complaining and complaining and complaining and just everything. A person with vision, a person that sees, like God told Joshua, to see, see that I have given it to you. When you have that kind of vision, you don't, your attitude is, I'm always above and never beneath. I'm always the head, I'm never the tail. I'm always trusting God because the word of God is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Because I know no matter what I see in front of me, I have a vision. I have a vision of what my marriage is supposed to be like. 
I have a vision of what my future, my, my business is supposed to be like. I have a vision of what my ministry is supposed to be like. So Satan, bring it all on. I have a vision and I'm not moving from that vision. And if you have a vision, you also watch how you spend your money. I didn't hear too many MS about that. I didn't hear too many MS because we don't want to be told that you can't spend everything you make. You can't. You sow into your future. If you're making 10000 a month and you're spending 10200 a month, you need to sit down and say, I'm not walking towards my future. Watch how, how you spend your money. Give to God. Give to people. The Bible says, cast your bread on the waters and many days it will come back to you. Be a giver for, um, to people because that's what's going to bring more to you for you to fulfill your vision. Anything that God puts in your hand to do takes money. And so you have to watch how you spend. You have to tithe. You have to give offering. Because if you don't, the Bible says the devourer will come and everything you have will be taken away. So somebody with vision watches how they spend their money. Amen? Amen. Being able to see what other people don't see. Sometimes it's almost like a burden because you can see it and others don't see it. And it's so very tempting for you to, to tell yourself, am I really seeing what I'm seeing? But you have to know that sometimes God gives you to you and you alone. And you have to hold on to that picture. I remember this building we are in. When I was, my family were on Ryan Oaks Drive when we started ministry. Maybe about five, six years into the ministry. I had a picture of a building very similar to this. It was on my wall in the mirror of my bathroom for a good four, five years. And every day, as I'm getting ready for work, as I'm getting ready, I will see that picture and I will claim that picture because I could see it. So when this place opened up for us to buy this land, I was so pregnant with this place. I didn't know it was going to be this place, you know. So when it came up and they said there is land for sale, not too far from our church. We were right there on Hofmeister. Not too far. And, was, and they gave the prize for one acre. And it was like we couldn't even afford one acre. But I told my husband, I said, that's it, that's it. He thought I was crazy. But I have had this vision. I have seen something in my spirit that has been incubating for four or five years. Nothing could stop it. And what we couldn't, we didn't even have money for one acre. God opened the door, the family that owns this land, they said, you know what, we will cover, it was 35 acres. They said, we will cover 25 acres for the land, the people that are trying to build a subdivision. And we will give you 10 acres. Can you at least put this amount down? What they said we should put down was exactly what we had to put down. I told my husband, I, I still remember some of the uh, people that we came, we said we were going to walk, it was one little path. We went in, this place was all bush and trees. We went through that little path. I remember saying, yes, this is it. This is it, Lord, I've seen it. I've seen this place in my spirit. I'm telling you, they thought, I, believe me. But I saw it. It had been on my wall, in my bathroom, for years. So when the plants came to build, that was the picture I took to them. Say, so you all see this picture? That's how we moved it here. That's how we built this place. I know what I see. I know. And you must be that way too. We all must be that way. What is the vision you have for your family? What is the vision you have for your children? What is the vision that you have for your business? Go find a picture and put it on your wall. And every day as you're getting ready, as you're combing your hair, I call those things that be not as though they are. I call you forth in the name of Jesus. I take my hand into the spirit realm and I create you in the spirit. And you must manifest in the physical in the name of Jesus. The Bible says the word of God is creative. What you say out of your mouth is life or is death. Use your mouth, use your eyes to see and give birth to your vision.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you have vision, it will determine your priorities in life. If you see the way God sees, it will determine your priorities. Young people, you want to have a future? Your priorities that I see what you are doing right now tells me where your future. I can look at what you put your, 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 your time and your effort in right now and I can tell you, I can predict what your 10, 15 years will be from now. If at the age of 14, 15, all you're thinking of is boyfriend and girlfriend, I can tell that you probably will not go too far. Because the enemy will use that weakness. The Bible says, don't put fire on your bosom too soon. Don't open yourself to desires and passions too soon. Your priorities. What What are the priorities when you have a vision? Your priorities, first and foremost, is God. God is number one. When God says move, you move. When God says you stand, you stand until you hear the next instructions. You don't go ahead of him. You don't go behind him. You're hearing his heartbeat. And as he's speaking, that's what your priority is. Then number two is your family. Somebody hear me that now. Your family. is your priority before your ministry. Your family. Because God said, I trusted Abraham. Because I knew he could pass this on to his children. You can't be saving your whole, the whole world and your family is going to pieces. Put your priorities in place, man of God. Woman of God, put your priorities in place. And after your family, then your ministry. And then relationships. Amen? So God told Joshua, See, I have given you the land already. It is yours. And then the next thing God did, number three, was that God gave Joshua very, very specific information. Very specific instructions. And that's the same thing God will do for you. When you go to him, he will not give you instructions that you are not sure. He will give you clear, specific instructions. And if you follow those instructions, and you're going to see the instructions he gave, and I'm going to probably stay here till I finish this service or sermon tonight, uh, this afternoon. We're going to see some of the instructions he gave to Joshua, which is the same instructions spiritually that we must also imply to our lives, apply to our lives. The instruction was, you shall march around the city. There's work involved in it. You want your Jericho to come down? You are going to have to walk. You are going to have to do something. And then he says, all you men of war, how good are you with Ephesians 6 verse 20? Put on the whole armor that you may be able to fight on the evil day. Principalities and powers and hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Are you a man? Are you a woman of war? Because that's what God is asking for you to face your Jericho. You must be a man and a woman of war. Amen? It says here, you shall march around the city once for six days. No speaking, no talking for those six days. That's the hard one for me. <laughs> when God says, Zoop, don't you say a word. And your body is itching to give it back to them. So bad. You know, like I told you guys, my uncle will tell you, I'm the one in my family that was called trouble. I know how to make trouble. And then I got saved. And God says, you have to change. So I cannot be a Joe Pepper anymore. Because there are some times, I'm like, God, just, just once. And he says, no. You cannot say even one, just one, I can't even respond to, I can't send a text. I can't respond to this email. No. You know how hard that is for me? I'm sure most of you are like me too. But that's what you have to do to conquer Jericho. You always have to make the enemy not know what is in your mind. If you talk too much, 
you will give yourself out to the enemy. When they were circling Jericho one time every day and then go home and sit down, they were wondering what is going on. If they had been talking, they would give themselves away. So there are times you just have to shut up. You don't have to say everything back to your husband when he gets on your nerves. Don't clap. Get him later, okay? Get him later, Yvette. You don't have to talk, respond back to your wife. Don't clap again. No. You all are troublesome people. All the married people, they are looking at their wives and their husbands. You don't have to respond. You can just walk around in prayer. Say, just pray. Because think about it. How many times have you spoken that it really resolved the matter? I mean, let's be honest. When you said something, did everything not escalate? But when you kept quiet, did your wife not come back and try to find out what you were thinking? Right? (laughs) Say, be quiet. And he's telling you not to do it one time for six times. Six times, be quiet. They did it again, Lord. Yes, be quiet. The same thing, Lord, again and again. Yes, be quiet. Six times. And then he said the seventh time. So you're going to do it not just once, seven times. Okay. I know that we're all here and everybody's looking cute and well-dressed. Jericho was not a small city. By that time, I know me. I'm going to say, Sister Grace. We went around this thing every day. This is the seventh day. Are you sure you heard from God? These walls are still here. I've been keeping quiet. And this man is still getting on my last nerve. Can I just slap him for one minute and then? And then on the seventh day, he says you have to march around seven times. I know if it's some sisters, you know how we talk, right? Pastor Angela is crazy. We've been doing this now, today, seven days. I'm tired. You all, I'm going to bed. When you're done, please call me. And then we'll take off and we'll leave. We'll get tired. It's normal. That's just human nature. Seven times. Are you sure you heard from God? We did it at least once every day for the last six days. We've been looking like fools. But at least let's believe you heard from God. But you're telling us on this day seven times. And they did it one time. Nobody maybe complained. But by the fourth time, can you imagine? The wall, I'm telling you, the wall is still there. It hasn't budged. But you see, that's how you defeat Jericho. That's how you defeat Jericho. I'm giving you the points and the things you must do. Right there in the scriptures. Seven times. So the first time, the second time, God, fourth, fifth, nothing has happened. What do you do when you've been believing God for years and years and years and nothing has changed? What do you do when you've marched around and no single brick has fallen? What do you do when you're marching around and you still see the guards on the wall? You still see the gate completely locked up. Your circumstances haven't changed. Nothing good is coming into your life. Nothing good is coming out of your life. Seven times you've done it. What do you do? You keep marching because that's what God told you to do. You keep doing it because you've heard from God and you see your future. You keep on, keeping on, keeping on, keeping on. Because remember, you are going there with the ark, with the presence of God that is with you. And when the presence of God goes with you, you might not see what is going on. But every time you walk around that wall, every time you walk around those gates, something is happening in the spirit and the walls are coming down. You might not see it, but one day you will stand. That seventh time you will stand. And all you need to do is to shout. And that thing will come down before you. Don't give up. Let that child be a fool. Don't give up. You've prayed for years and years. Nothing is happening. Don't give up. Something is happening in the spirit that you don't know. We don't walk by, by sight. We walk by faith. 
And we call those things that be not as though they are. That's why we are Christians. We don't live by what we see. We can see in the spirit. And we can see that God will do what he's promised. Has he promised and will he not make it good? Has he spoken and will he not do what he has said? That's the only way we will survive in these last days. Because when the shaking starts... When the love of many grow cold, you have to sit yourself down in the corner and say, God, did you speak this to me? Did you tell me this? Did you tell me that me and my household will serve you? And God, look at what's going on. If you don't hear from God and if you cannot see, your Jericho is not coming down. If you are not persistent, if you don't keep on keeping on, that Jericho is not coming down. Next week, we are going to start talking about the different Jerichos. But we have to lay this foundation because everything that God tells us to do, there's a participation. We have to do our part. We have to stand. We have to say, God, here I am. Do you know what I did last week, this week? Let me tell you all. I have signed every one of you up for the spiritual Olympic. You are here. You don't know what I do in my prayer time. Everyone, I see your name. When I, I, in my spirit, I see where all of you are sitting. I have put every one of you's name. We have signed you up for spiritual Olympics. Whether you like it or not. As long as you are in this church, we are in this together. We are going to make it. And we are not making it all by ourselves. We are going in with shields. With a harvest. So get ready. It's warfare. And you know for Olympics, when, I, when you sign up for Olympics, you are not running that day. You know that, right? You have to train. So you all are going to be in training. Spiritual training. And part of that training is the Jericho that has to come down. I've put all your names down. The ones I don't remember your name, I put your description down there. You've all been signed up. It's spiritual Olympic time. It's not time for games anymore. We cannot. We cannot afford to people. We cannot. We really cannot. See, what is going on is Satan knows. What is in us? Remember Jericho's gate was shut, securely shut up because of the Israelites? Do you think he doesn't know? He sees, he's wiser. Sometimes he can see what we don't see. And so because of his fear of us, of what we are going to do in these end times, he shut things up. He's closed some things off. He's making things hard. He's making things seem like walls so that you can say, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. He's a, he's a liar. Instructions. God gave specific instructions. I want to look at something real quick that is very important. He said, men of war, and I've said about, if you're a man of war, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 14 to 17. He says, stand therefore, you have to see what a man of war, a woman of war. When God told Joshua, he says, bring out the men of war. Let me tell you what the men of war have on. You'll find it in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 14 to 17. It says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. If you're facing your, your Jericho wall, you must have your waist girded with truth. Uh, with truth. You haven't put on the breastplate of righteousness. Are you kidding? Is it 12 o'clock? You all are going to... Nobody's in a hurry, right? <laughs> Give me five minutes. Breastplate of righteousness. He said, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which we'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. So, your waist gathered with truth, your breastplate with righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, you take the shield of faith, you take the helmet of salvation, and you take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That is what God told Joshua, the kind of men God told Joshua to bring out. And then it says you have to get priests. Priests. And the purpose of priesthood, the priesthood offers incense to God, stands on behalf of the people and himself. The role of the priest is in prayer. And then it says you must carry the ark. We all know what the ark of God represents. The ark of God represents the presence of God. Those are all the things you need to take with you. 
as you face your Jericho. And then the Bible says, in Joshua chapter 6, musicians, please come up. Joshua chapter 6, verse 20. It says, so the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the shout, the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a loud shout that the wall fell down flat. So are we ready to shout this morning? Are you ready for your wall to fall down flat? That's what we are going to do. Stand to your feet. That song, we are going to sing that song. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout unto God with a voice of praise. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. We lift your name high, God. We lift your name high. And that is what you are going to say before the Lord. And as you say that, whatever Jericho you have, if you want to come out here, because we are going to pray afterwards. If you have a Jericho, this is what you need to do. You need to shout. We are going to shout together. But if you have a Jericho, you better be the one that is shouting the loudest. Because the Bible says they shouted with a loud shout. And it was the shout of their victory that caused those walls to fall down flat. So I want you all to sing that song. And I want you all to come out if you have your Jericho. And I you're coming out after the song we are going to go into a quick time of prayer because those walls are going to come down today in jesus name hallelujah 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 thank you lord jesus hallelujah
told you today I'm not finishing at 12, so we might as well forget living here at 12. We are going to pray. We are going to pray that every limitation that the enemy has put in your life bow down right now. They're going to bow down right now. They'll bow to you. They bow to you. So raise your hands. Mande keshe terebo, irebo shende rebo kande yaba, onde rebo shikatari aterebo shende, onde rebo shekende rebo shende reyaba, ire kande keshe katarada, konde rebo sheketere yaba. Every limitation, every limitation, every limitation that has been put on your life. In the name of Jesus, I break it right now. 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 Every limitation, every limitation that has been put on your life, I break it right now. In the name of Jesus, every separation, every altar. Listen, 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 listen to me. Listen to me. A scripture just came to my heart. In Acts chapter 12. The Bible says Peter, when he was in prison, they bound his hands and they bound his feet. And the Bible says that was where they bound him. They didn't put bound, they didn't bind his mouth. It was his hands and his feet. And God says today, open your hands where you have been bound. If you want to destroy a man, you bind his hands and you bind his feet. Your hands represent prosperity. Your hands represent blessing. Your feet is where you go. Your feet represents advancement. And everything that has bound you in the spirit in your hands. Everything that has bound your feet in the spirit. To put limitation for against you. To oppose you. To make sure you don't go forward. Lift your hands. I'm breaking all of them off of you today. Every opposition. Everyone that has been bound in your feet. In the spirit realm, everyone that has been bound in your hands in the spirit realm, I lose you, I lose you, I lose you, I lose you, I lose you. Your finances, I lose them today. Your health, I lose it today. Your family, I lose it today. Everything that has been bound up, I lose you in the name of Jesus. Ah. Every altar, listen to me, listen to me. Every altar that has been raised against you. Every word that has been spoken against you. Every altar of opposition. Every altar that says you cannot be what God created you to be. Every altar against your family. I break them now. In the name of Jesus. I break them now. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I stand in the priesthood of Jesus. I break every altar against you. I break every altar against your finances. I break every altar against your mind. I break every altar against your marriage. I break every altar against your children. I break every altar against your family. Against your prosperity. I break it right now. In the name of Jesus. I break it. I break it. I break it. I break it. In the name of Jesus. Lazarus. Gemini alluded to it. When Lazarus was in the grave. They said they put a stone. Sometimes the enemy doesn't just want to restrict you. He will put a stone. Even Jesus when he was buried. They put a stone. A stone. A heavy stone. In the tomb. And that stone is to prevent you from coming out. In the spirit realm today, every stone that has been rolled in place against you, I take it out. I take it out. I take it out. With the power of the Holy Spirit, I roll it away. Your beauty will shine forth. Your glory will shine forth. You will come out to be all that God created you to be. Everything the enemy has rolled in place against you, I unroll it today. I break you loose and free in the name of Jesus. I told you all this warfare. You told, I told you I've enrolled you, right? This is what we're going to be doing every Sunday. We're going to be doing this every Sunday. This is not time to play. 
If you are not ready to pray, if you are not ready to war, this is not the church for you. This is why I'm not ashamed. I'm not, let, my sweat, let me sweat all over. Let my hair go every... See me? I'm doing this from now on. Putting my hair in a bun because it's fight. Raise your hands. Rest receive for the week. Before I let you go. Favor is your portion. Favor is your portion. The Bible says that the king, Ahasuerus, all of a sudden he woke up in the middle of the night and said, Break the books. And he opened the books and said, this is, Nehemiah, uh, this is Mordecai. What has been done for this man, for what he's been doing for me? And they said nothing. Today, this week, a book of remembrance has been opened for you. By God, in the name of Jesus, I decree and declare that God will remember you this week. God will remember you this week. God will remember you this week. All the good that you have done. All the favor that you have shown people. May it come back to you a million fold this week in the name of Jesus. May it come back to you in the name of Jesus. Receive your favor. Receive your blessing. Receive everything that you have given out in a million fold. Let it come back to you. Let people remember you this week. Let favor follow you this week. Father God, I thank you for your people. Set them apart. Set them apart. You said there was darkness all over the land. But the people of God were separate. There was light where they were. Let there be light upon their lives. Let people see them and know they belong to you. That there is something different about them. It is so. Because we have prayed it in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So shall it be in the name of Jesus. You are dismissed.